Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Well, happy New Year, wrestling fans. Welcome to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Yes, we are back after our uh, holiday break. Nate we Max. just go back to 1997. <laughs> back when fucking Mean Gene Okerlund was still alive. Oh, and Bobby yes. And Dusty Rhodes. Fuck 2019. <laughs> fuck this year. Yeah, yeah, that was that's what my thought was. Like right off the bat, fuck you, 2019, you cocksucker. <laughs> yeah, I don't want. Oh, God damn it! It's. <laughs> well, Mean let... Gene died. The fucking government's all fucked up right now. <laughs> let me fuck set cats and dogs living together. <laughs> yeah, like Bill Murray, hey. <laughs> Mr. Mayor. Well, let me set the table for everybody. This is uh, something we're going to be doing. There's actually going to be two We Can't Wrestle podcasts every week now. Well, not every week. Sometimes the classic wrestling one goes one or two weeks without being recorded. But this one will be weekly. Um, Nate and Kyle are here with you. And every week now, we are going to do probably about an hour each week. Um, you know, give or take a few minutes, depending on what's going on that week on the modern product. We're going to separate the modern product show from the classic wrestling show and, uh, dedicate a show every week to the modern product. So this will be the first one here. We're talking pretty much by the time this airs, we're taping it at 11 20 PM right now. So January 5th, 2019, we'll call that the first modern product episode of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, and I'm excited to get this going. I am too. What a fucking weird year it's been. What a weird start to the new year. Yes. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, we can't go without mentioning Mean Gene Ogerlin. Mean Gene. Um, you know, fucking... I, I just said to somebody the other day, and this is, this is a... <laughs> When you think about when we, we, you know, being kids in the 1980s wrestling boom, and you think about Hulk Hogan, you think about Andre the Giant, you think about Randy Savage, you think about Roddy Piper, and you think about Mean Gene Okerlund, and that is some very exclusive, wonderful air for Mean Mean Gene to be in, just being an announcer. Right at the level that I think. The, you know, I'm sure you would agree that he was at the level of a Hulk Hogan. Oh he yeah, was at he was the level of a Macho Man or a Roddy Piper. In, he was in my eyes as a little kid. Mean Gene was just as big a star as those guys. And actually, Mean Gene, Mean Gene, and Bobby Heenan may have been bigger stars because they were all over the show. You know, right. they weren't just in the first segment or in the main event or whatever. Mean Gene was on every 15 minutes. Mean Gene is the guy you remember telling you what's coming up at WrestleMania. You know, did or, it with class. Yes, and those interviews, and well, I mean, who could ever forget? Fuck it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I for the, I for now on, for the rest of my life, 
I will never forget fucking one nine hundred nine zero nine ninety nine. Exactly. Mean Gene shilling his hotline. Fucking dollar sixty nine a minute. <laughs> and you know what's funny is, I mean, I think of all the classic promos and all the interviews, and you know, Royal Rumble ninety two. Put that cigarette out, and stuff like that. But you know, it's funny, and a lot of people don't talk about it. But one of the only good things about the dying days of WCW was vulgar old man Mean Gene. Yeah. You know, um, when he does the, the that fucking shit with the Natural Born Thrillers where they're mocking Conan, you know, you want to touch my shirt, that's enough. And Mean Gene's like, oh, real respectful, you little prick. And <laughs> just, I mean, it, it was, I, I totally marked out for that shit. It was great. Yeah, because it was, it's like, especially before Bobby Heenan left, you know, it was put over on Saturday night. Both of they just didn't give a fuck. Right. <laughs> At that point, it was like, what are you going to say to them, too? You know, it's... Uh, I mean, you know, thankfully, we have WrestleMania 17 where we got to see Bobby Heenan and Niji Nokulin together. Mm-hmm. Pulling commentary. Got, got to, yeah, got to see them make their return together to the WWF at the time. And... Um, yeah, Mean Gene is definitely, like I said, I mean, just part of the fabric of professional wrestling. And I don't know. And, you know, it was cool to me, too, that um, his passing and the tributes to him and stuff were not just covered by the wrestling media. You know, you, yeah. could, you can tell that people in, in the regular media, in, in, enter, in the entertainment business in general, respected Mean Gene. Because there were stories about him on, on CBS and, and TMZ and, and all kind of different places. So, You know, I, and I was, I've gone back and watched a lot of Mean Gene stuff, as I'm sure a lot of wrestling fans have. But, I mean, he was the catalyst. You know, he was the buffer between the wrestling and media. I mean, Mike, I think of all the people that that man has interviewed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, from Cindy Lauper to, uh, to Mr. T to, you know, to God, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy how many, and he brought it with class. Like it was one of those things where it, he felt like a legitimate announcer. He felt like the, he made it legitimate. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, just some of the, the way the gravitas and some of the moments that he helped create in wrestling. I mean, you think if you think about it, what better guy to be in the ring with Hulk Hogan right after Hulk Hogan turns heel? Oh God, yeah. You know, you know. I mean, it, I don't know. Just it, there's so much of. There's so much of my memories of, of pro wrestling as a kid and as a teenager that involved Mean Gene. And uh, he will be... Hey, you know, the crazy thing is he died at the age of 76. Gonna be honest with you, I thought he was a lot older than that. Because Mean Gene's like Morgan Freeman. To me, he was always old. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, you look back 20 years ago or 30 years ago, the guy looked like he was in his 50s. <laughs> yes, he did. He did it. I... It's like, it's fucking crazy. It's like him, Pat Patterson. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Howard Finkel. Like, they just always fucking. They, they always looked old. <laughs> and maybe that's because we. Anderson, maybe like, that's because. Maybe that's because we were young. I don't know. But they just, you know, me and Gene always looked old to me. Yeah. I, you know, when I was a kid, I thought he was like 60 already. So. 
Rest in peace, Gene. Yep. Thank you for all the years. Yes, sir. So I guess before we go on to uh, new matters of 2019, reflecting on the career of Mean Gene, now we'll reflect on the year 2018. And we were discussing just before we went off the air, we're going to kind of throw at each other what we thought are maybe the top three stories of uh, 2018 were and uh, kind of reflect on the year that was. Um, I have, in my mind, I have three and then kind of a runner-up. Um, Fair enough. I'm, I'm kind of with you on that, too. But the, I guess I'll start, I'll start at, at number one. How about we'll just start at number one? Okay. I think, personally, for me, the biggest story in wrestling of 2018 was... WWE's deal with Fox. That that that's a huge one. The ramifications of that are, I mean, they're going to be felt for years. Well, the fact that you're going to have SmackDown on broadcast television. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, for the past, I don't know, let's say, fifteen years. Since the end of the Attitude Era, um, the beginning of the John Cena Era, um, the PG Era, the really hardcore, this isn't pro wrestling, it's sports entertainment, we're a legitimate entertainment company. This is what Vince McMahon has wanted. I mean, this is what he's wanted since 84, but this is what he's really been working, that company's been working so hard for this to the to their detriment in the eyes of us hardcore wrestling fans, but in reality, this is what Vince has always wanted. He's always wanted to be taken seriously in primetime network television, right up there with other sports like the NBA and the NFL, and I mean, a billion dollar deal. That's insane. <laughs> Absolutely. And the biggest and the craziest thing about it is that, yes, we had like Saturday night's main event or the main event and stuff, but those were, you know, sporadic every once in a while. This is going to be every week. I mean, every it's week. just, it's. And the, the, like I said, the ramifications are crazy because does this, does this, you know, us us wrestling fans probably most of the people that listen to the show to us the wwe's flagship show has always been monday night raw with smackdown moving to network television does smackdown become the flagship show you know does, I think does it would have to be. does smackdown become the the big focus of the company you know where is that where you get your brock lesnar's and your ronda rousey's and your you know i mean if you're smart, that's I, where they would go. I, I mean, I'm I'm know. I'm almost positive that by the time what is it October or September when they get on Fox, yeah, um, I'm almost positive by that time if if Lesnar's still there, he will be on SmackDown, and I definitely think Ronda Rousey will be. I you know what I really truly think that the they're going to stop the whole brand split thing. Yeah, and my reason for that is because. They've just announced now that, you know, Vince McMahon has announced as Santa Claus that we're getting <laughs> the, the women's uh, tag team championships, mm-hmm. 
which I'm fucking ecstatic about. That's great. That's, you know, that, that goes into my, personally, my number one was how serious women's wrestling was been taken in right. 2018. Mm-hmm. But you can't deny that, okay, so now we're going to have the men's tag team championships. And we've got two of them. Mm-hmm. We're going to have probably have to have two women's tag team championships. Mm-hmm. I just... The product becomes very diluted. I mean, it's already diluted enough. I just see them, especially with SmackDown, because they're going to want to start with the strongest foot forward that they can. Mm-hmm. So, I you're, I think you're going to see, um, you're going to see the brand split go away because really and truly it hasn't really done. A lot. No, I mean, I, mean with this... I, I will give them... When did this... They started this in... This one in, what, 15? 16? Yeah. Um, I have to give them credit in that ever... You know, every... They, they did the first brand split in 2002. And I have to give them credit this time around is in that they have not... Other than, other than say, for the Royal Rumble or the Survivor Series, they have not cross-pollinated as much as they did before. They've done a pretty good job of keeping the brands separate. And they've built a lot of great stars yeah. because of it. Yeah. I, I will give them that, too. You know? So, I don't know. If, if I'm, again, I, I know I'm not Vince McMahon and I'm not the WWE, but... My God, you know, to me, it's like if I'm going to have a SmackDown show on Fox in primetime television, I want my Kevin Owens. I want my, you know, AJ Styles. I want my Brock Lesnar's. I right. want Roman Reigns, hopefully, when he comes back. Daniel Bryan. Seth Rollins. Daniel Bryan. Dean. I want the, you know, it, it would be like when they launched on UPN. Mm-hmm. If they just had guys from Heat. On SmackDown, right? <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely going to be it's definitely going to be interesting. Come, I think, like I said, I think it's October um, when SmackDown moves to Fox, and to see, and also to see what kind of you know, because I mean, if Fox is giving WWE a billion dollars to produce product, I'm, pr- I'm, I'm, I'm. From what I've heard already, Fox wants, first of all, they want that show to have a much more sports-type feel. Right. Uh, Fox is going to start making some demands on WWE. You know, I mean, they're not they're not going to, I don't think WWE is going to have the license that they had, the creative license that they had, with, that they've had with USA all these years. Um, I think Fox is going to be a lot more demanding as to, maybe not necessarily the creative, but how... How the show's presented, and I guarantee you also, you know, Raw, Raw and SmackDown give us make help make USA the number one cable network. But you get into network television, that's a whole different story. So they're gonna expect results as far as ratings go too. Oh, I think it's gonna make them have to bring their A game. Absolutely, because now it's not where USA, where it's like, well. God, you know, WWE made us what we are today. Right, and not to mention, but, you know, even at the lowest ratings they've had in, in decades, WWE is still the highest rated programming on the USA Network. 
right now you're going up against a bunch of other stuff and box you know i think you're right i think we're gonna see a brand new better product because you know you're right box is gonna be like no no you fucking need to give us the best shit you can give us right absolutely you need us more than we need you Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) so what was your number one story of this year Uh, the women's division how serious it's been taken okay okay um Yes, we talk about, you know, women's revolution and everything else. But I think this year, with Ronda Rousey coming in, and with the rise of Becky Lynch, even though it was the tail end, we are seeing women's wrestling, the women of WWE, damn near competing with the men. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say there. They are they are on they are almost if not already as far as creative as far as promotion as far as where they're positioned on the card as far as the seriousness of their stories that are being told they are they are if not almost if not on equal footing they are almost on equal footing with the men's division and that's it's never in the history of pro wrestling been like that no and you have I mean my god you look at the women's roster and it's fucking stacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really truly is. And you know, I'm, spoiler alert, I'm not a female, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, it, it does make me feel good to sit there and say, Hey, I'm a fan of pro wrestling. And right. people are like, yeah, you know what? Like, man, they treat women with respect. They're not fucking pudding anymore. Like we are, we are, you know, we are we are past the days of well and i'm not i'm not at all dissing this lady because she's to me one of my favorite women wrestlers of all time and one of the most improved wrestlers from from her debut to her retirement ever but we are past the days of trish stratus barking like a dog for Vince McMahon, we're past the days of the. Remember the lay cool Michelle or lay cool Mickey James, Piggy James garbage. We are past those days, and you know Think what? You know what I have to say, and and it is nauseating sometimes when she comes out and pats herself on the back, even though she's kind of being her character. But I have to say. I'm going to be honest, I think that we really do have Stephanie McMahon to thank for thank for this. Oh, absolutely. You know. Yeah, we joke a lot about it and stuff and everything else, but without her being there to convince her father. Know, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> that, you know, what well, my god, look at just look at this past week on SmackDown. You have Becky Lynch in the ring with John Cena. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And basically saying, like, if you if you get my way, I will drop you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, fuck, I think she could. <laughs> you know. The, it's, the only thing, you know, and I, I mean, you know, example, the, a women's Royal Rumble, which was actually probably this year better than the men's Royal Rumble. Oh, I fucking um, enjoyed the women's Royal Rumble way more than I enjoyed the men's. But I mean, the only the only thing that and it has nothing to do with the division. It has nothing to do with the women involved. None of that. 
the only thing that annoys me about the women, the rise of the women in WWE is WWE's disgusting patting themselves on the back all the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just, it just comes off as so pandering. I mean, that's what they do. I get it. That, but and that's that's again that's not a knock on the on the thing at all. That's the only thing that annoys me about it is that they're constantly reminding us, you know, but, like yeah, it's like <laughs> just let it be natural, let right. it be what it is. Yeah, <laughs> and that's you know, that's a good pick for number one. My um, my number two story of twenty eighteen. Will come as a shock to no one. Well, it came as a shock to all of us, and that was uh, Roman Reigns announcing that he had to step away from the ring due to leukemia. Who knew that fucking cancer was the thing that was going to get Roman over? <laughs> right. It's terrible to say, but it's And true. I don't mean that in a shitty way, but I no. mean that in... And I, okay, how can I say this without sounding really, really bad? But provided that that Roman beats this, which, you know, I, I think he will. Mm-hmm. It might be the best thing that's ever happened to him in his career. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause he's going to come back as a huge baby face. <laughs> well, not even just that, but look at like Steve Austin. Like you need for these people to go away mm-hmm. and miss him. Yeah. I'm like John Cena, John Cena. Now when he comes out, people go fucking ecstatic for him because they don't see him every week. Well, and that's what people forget, and it's funny, because they are the same ones who did it. But people forget, or they conveniently forget, that until until WWE decided that they were going... Until they decided they were not going with Daniel Bryan... A few years ago, five years ago, whenever it was, four years ago, Roman Reigns was over as fuck. Oh, yeah. The people asked for it originally. The people were cheering Roman Reigns. He was over as shit. <laughs> and, and it was more, I think that what happened to Roman, unfortunately, was it was more of a backlash against the Daniel Bryan situation than it was a backlash against Roman. And then it just became a backlash against Roman because Vince got stubborn and instead of turning Roman heel and letting shit happen organically, he wanted to force Roman down the throats and thought that, and, and, and this is no knock to Roman Reigns, but there's a reason that John Cena overcame all the hate. And that's because John Cena's really fucking good. Yep. Roman Reigns is good, but he's no John Cena. Okay. Well, but see, and that's the, (laughs) And this is the biggest problem is that like John Cena, it took him what, how many years to get to the point that he's at now? Yeah. I mean, he, he started getting the hate in Oh five and I don't think the hate stopped. I mean, people started giving him a little credit. Probably it was probably eight to nine years later, like 2013, 2014, you know, especially when he started putting on over younger guys, you know, like right. a Kevin Owens or whatever, but, and just going out and just, what I what I loved about the I know we're getting off the topic of Roman, but what I loved I loved about that era of John Cena from probably his feud with CM Punk until recently when he stopped wrestling so much was John Cena essentially took that time to 
kind of put that in people's faces and say, I think you forget how good I am. I think you forget that I'm the guy that wrestled an hour match with Shawn Michaels and it was captivating, yep. you know, and, and I, I think Roman, ha- I don't think Roman's at that level yet, but I think he has that ability if he's able to overcome this and come back. And, uh, it, it, the, the other thing about him that what, what is an even bigger story as far as the in-ring goes is Roman's illness just completely shook up everything. You know, I mean, I don't think if, if Roman doesn't get sick, I don't think Dean Ambrose turns his heel, heel as quick as he did. No. Because I think they fast-forwarded that storyline because they need to get set. I think they plan on Seth main eventing Mania. And I think they fast-forwarded that storyline. Um now, if Roman doesn't get sick, we probably don't go through the garbage with Baron Corbin. No. But um, uh, real quick, my number two was Roman as well. Okay. Um, I want to say this real quick. I'm sick and fucking tired of hearing people bitch because, <laughs> oh, Dean Ambrose brings up Roman Reigns' name and he's invoking that. and You know, oh, I can't believe he turned heel. Why would they do that with Roman? It's like... He's doing what needs to be done. He's a fucking heel. Right. <laughs> like, you finally have a heel that people fucking hate. Yeah. I mean, Dan, Dean Ambrose. Dan Ambrose? That's That sounds like a news reporter. <laughs> I'm Dan Ambrose with First Action News. But um, Dean, Dean Ambrose is... He's, he's, the, he's what a heel needs to be. He's Roddy Piper. Exactly. You know? We have we live in an age now where people like to cheer the fucking heels, mm-hmm. and finally you have somebody who is not getting cheered, right? <laughs> and it's fucking refreshing because you want to hate Dean Ambrose mm-hmm. because how dare he do that? It's fucking great. And I think the I think the new entrance and stuff is cool too. Yeah. All right. So my number three story of the year, and um, I actually. Ranked this above my two runners-up just because I think it is going to be a story that may not seem like it now, but I think it's going to have a huge impact on the future. Earlier on, we talked about the women's revolution, and we talked about how women are becoming on par with the men's division. My third biggest story of the year is the rise of Becky Lynch. And the reason I say that is because Becky Lynch, to me personally, even more than Daniel Bryan, is the closest thing that this generation of wrestling has ever seen to Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's fucking nuts, isn't it? Yes. Who knew all it took would be a little bit of blood mm-hmm. <laughs> for her and to look like a badass and not fucking... My God, it's it, it's not that fucking hard. Right. Where it's like you know, because if they had made her bleed, and I understand that you know it wasn't intentional. Right. It was you know, and I'm glad that Nia Jax is fucking going to town and saying that she did it. Right. Fuck yeah. Well, I mean, Use yeah. What shit. what what did Owen Hart do when he broke Stone Cold's neck? Exactly. But if they had brushed the the EMTs down and put her on a stretcher and oh my god she's injured fucking dead in the water yeah or if they would have had their stupid uh, guys come down with the gloves 
But the fact that they let it just happen and they let her fucking look like a badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her, her, her. I mean, I love, I love the fact that she calls herself the man. Oh, I think that's whoever came up with that, whether it was her or somebody in creative or whatever, give them a fucking gold star because it's fantastic. And fucking put that, put that guy in charge. Yeah, <laughs> that's your guy right there. And I mean, just when when you have Ronda Rousey in the ring and people are chanting somebody else's name, that person's fucking over. So. Right. That's my that's my number three is the rise of Becky. I think I think it's going to have huge a huge impact on 2019. Um, I think that in the in the long and short of everything, you have in a potential Becky Rousey feud, like really just them feuding with each other. And this is no knock on Charlotte. I like Charlotte too, but I mean, you got to go with Becky and, and Rhonda. I think you have you have a new. I mean, a, there's a little different dynamic as far as 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 Rhonda goes, but you have a new Austin Rock, and it's two ladies. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I think it's the potential for a gold mine. So. Oh, it absolutely is. All My right. number three is going to be it's twofold. Mm-hmm. It is Vince McMahon and the rest of the McMahon, basically Vince McMahon, admitting he's wrong and the title reign of AJ Styles this year. Yeah. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I think Vince finally got it. Yeah. I think that he was trying to fight it mm-hmm. for so long and he's finally now got it and realized, fuck. It's not about the big giant guys anymore. People want fucking people they can believe in. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan are Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Exactly. They are. They are this. You know, for whatever reason, Vince forgot about Shawn and Bret, or whatever. <laughs> you know, he forgot that twenty years ago he realized this. <laughs> but, but just look at recently we have. Uh, uh, Mustafa Ali coming in. Mm-hmm. You're, I think you're going to see the use of uh, cruiserweights, and I think you're going to disband the 205 Live and start integrating them in. Where mm-hmm. it was like the WCW, where okay, yes, we have we have a a cruiserweight champion, but they're not their own division. And the right. cruiserweight can go for a world title, or yes, and I, you know, I mean, it, and Jim... I don't think we get there without AJ Styles carrying the fucking belt the way he did mm-hmm. this past year. Well, and and you know, the funny thing is with when you have when you have that's the thing that I don't know if Vince realizes it or if he does realize it or what. But you think about this when you have a roster. When you when you focus when you focus on guys that are like AJ, Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, uh, Finn Balor, um, then when you bring us Braun Strowman, he really is a monster. 
You know, when you have a land of giants, nobody's a giant. Um, I, I mean, and I will, I will say that, that to me, I, I agree with you that the acknowledgement of, of, of that size wrestler being, um, being accepted and Vince finally drinking the AJ Styles and to a certain extent, the Daniel Bryan Kool-Aid this year was, was encouraging. Another thing that encouraged me, it's not on my list of big stories of the year, but just talking about this made me think about it. I am... I, I can't tell you how much of a mark I am. Anybody who knows me knows how much of a mark I am for Drew McIntyre. And I am mm-hmm. so happy to see him finally getting his due in that company. He he belongs. Drew McIntyre is, to me, I mean, when Drew McIntyre was the Intercontinental Champion and Teddy Long and his whole thing with Teddy Long and all that, and he was the chosen one by Vince McMahon, I was a mark for that guy. I'm like, this guy is the future. And... He left, and he was. It was one of those things where he was one of those guys that had to leave and come back. And he grew so much as a performer while he was gone. And now, to me, honestly, you know, because because yeah, right now it's cool that it's Daniel and it's AJ, but they're. It's crazy to think about this, but AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan are actually old. Mm-hmm. Um, AJ Styles is the age now that Hulk Hogan was when he went to WCW. Um, so <laughs> better so, hair, but... <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but you have you have these guys like an AJ and a Daniel Bryan that in a, in a couple of years they're going to be like Cena. They're going to be moving on or or lessening their schedule. And I think that that I really do think that Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, and Drew McIntyre are the future of that company. Oh, God, absolutely. Well, and seeing that's the biggest thing. I think that you're seeing, especially with him coming, Vince coming out with everyone else and being like, you know, basically saying like, look, we've been coasting. Yeah. And we haven't given you people what you want. And we're sorry. To me, it was this generation's you know, you don't want good guys versus bad guys. Right. I hope it's it was. definitely passe. I hope it was. I, I feel like it was because, you know, you can't expect it to, to happen overnight. It's going to be a gradual thing, and but that, that kind of plays into my runner up. I think that you're going to see a different product. I think you're going to see, you know, better storytelling because, you know, my God, you look at, Everything that's been happening, we're raw. Monday Night Raw has had the lowest ratings it's had. Smackdown there it is. Beat it. There it is. <laughs> Monday Night Raw's record low ratings was one of my runners up. So there you go. You know, I mean, you're talking they have lower ratings now than they did in 1995. I think Vince finally woke up and said, "You know what? Fuck this isn't." This mm-hmm. isn't working, and well, like we discussed earlier, he's looking down the barrel of a fox deal. You know, yep. I've got to turn this ship around. I'm about to get what I've always wanted, and I'm sure, and I'm sure that fucking Vince has heard all the negativity, mm-hmm. and I think that you're going to see, even at his age, because he's what seventy seventy one. 71? I think even at his age, you're going to see Vince McMahon say, "You want to see the fucking gloves come off." <laughs> And I, I, I really hope that, I mean, 
I'm going to be honest. At this point, I hope that the XFL distracts him and he just lets Hunter run shit. I, re- I really do. I, I mean, and this is no disrespect because people can diss Vince all they want. But Vince McMahon has provided us with the product that we have enjoyed our entire lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've been... I always liked WCW, but I mean, growing up through my teens, through my 20s, all the way to now, I have always been a WWF slash WWE guy. It's always been my company. So I don't, I don't like to disrespect Vince too much because the man really is a genius, but... It's it's no different than any other company. You know, eventually an old guy is just an old guy. And an old guy likes what an old guy likes and his company needs to change, you know. You couldn't have I mean, yeah, he passed away, but you couldn't have had Sam Walton running Walmart forever. You would eventually have to have some young guy come in and say, No, this is the way retail needs to be now. Right. You know, and you... I think that a lot of it, too, was that if you if you look at Vince, I'm sure that, you know, he's been doing this for how many years? You're not going to stay here and tell me that he didn't get into a rut and just kind of coast along. Right. I don't know about you, but to me, it felt like it was like, look, you know, the fucking fire's back and mm-hmm. we're going to do what we need to do. And And I hope so. I hope this is. I hope this is 97 coming out of 94 through 96. You know, know? and maybe I'm optimistic. (laughs) But (laughs) I I think, too, that, you know, we are seeing the start of pro wrestling being what it was in 97, 98. I hope so. And the reason why I say that is because you look around and, you know, my God, uh, New Japan just had their uh, Wrestle Kingdom, what was it, 13? Mm-hmm. Fucking huge. Did huge numbers. Mm-hmm. Cody and the New Bucks are starting their All Elite Wrestling. We'll talk about that in the next segment. <laughs> right. So, okay. We are seeing pro wrestling be the biggest it has been probably in the last 20 years Mm -hmm. it's on the verge it's right there say what you want to say about you know (laughs) fucking joey ryan or um kenny omega or any of those guys you know i understand it's not my cup of tea now i will say this as a side note um I am not a fan of someone wrestling a blow-up doll. I'm not a fan of someone wrestling a nine-year-old girl. No, and I'm but, not either. But, but, you, you just said Kenny Omega made me think of it. Right. Kenny Omega, when he takes himself seriously, I, I, I dissed the guy a lot because of that, because I thought that shit was disrespectful to the business. But in reality, Kenny Omega... If he takes himself when he takes himself seriously, is one of the best wrestlers in the world. The guy is he's electrifying, (laughs) and he's not working for you, Vince. (laughs) You know, yeah, you're you're Cody Rhodes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
I mean, but the fact is that wrestling is everywhere. And you have wrestling fans who are watching. Because I'm sure, they, and this is not, like, I'm not a fan of the dick grab. I'm not a fan of the dick flip. I'm not a fan of fucking Joey Ryan. I do not, right. I don't get it. Like, I like Kenny Omega. I, you know, I like the Young Bucks. I understand, you know, what it is. I don't like the fucking, the blow-up dolls or the fucking penises. I don't, whatever. My point is, though, that there is fans who do. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure when the Attitude Era happened and we all thought it was great, there was fans that watched fucking when Sergeant Slaughter was there. Like, the fuck is this? Well, and that's the thing. I, I but was, I can't. I, I always can't try to. Anybody. I always. Try, I always try to tell Aaron this. When we, when the Attitude Era started up, and we were all about it, there were lots of guys that are that are that back then were our age now. Who were like, this is fucking hot garbage. I want my Bob Backlund. I want my Hulk Hogan. I want this, 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 this crash TV, this attitude era garbage is shit. You know, I mean, there were, the same thing happens with every generation. You know, your shit was the best shit. It's the same with music, you know. You know, to me, but, to me, my 16 year old son's music is fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but to him, that's that's music, you know. Right. And I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think Jim Cornette said it best. You know, can I hate somebody because they like chocolate ice cream and I like vanilla? Like, I don't want the fucking chocolate anywhere near me. <laughs> But if you want your fucking chocolate, go eat your chocolate. The fact is, they're, they're, they're wrestling fans, and if you want to fucking watch a dude flip a dude, another dude with his dick, then fine. fine. It's still wrestling. You know, hopefully you'll come over to the, the right side and start watching <laughs> serious shit and understand what it is. But you know what? Honestly, for me, I guess in my personal opinion, if, if Joey Ryan dick flipping somebody is enough to get somebody into wrestling you're like god damn what what is this that is exactly it's funny because you just you just said the same thought that uh, kind of the same thought that i was gonna say like okay i grew up when i was a little dude it was the 80s it was the rock and wrestling era it was hulk hogan it was the cartoony wrestling okay it was i mean the missing link down in a dungeon it was there were these cartoon characters essentially that were professional wrestlers but that as a kid drew me into wrestling and then as i grew up i really started to appreciate the kurt hennings and the rick flairs and the dean malenkos and the i really started to appreciate pro wrestling so what drew me to wrestling as a kid wasn't fucking wrestling what right. drew me to wrestling was these larger-than-life characters that were doing ridiculous shit. But as I grew older, I learned to respect the art of professional wrestling, and that's—I think—that's what you were trying to say. If this can draw, if if Joey Ryan's garbage can draw somebody into wrestling, and then they can eventually start to appreciate the art of wrestling, then you've just created more wrestling fans. Exactly. I mean, that's the biggest thing is 
it's it's pro wrestling. It is what it is. It's it's the greatest sport in the entire world because you know who who knows what it really. What, that was the thing I was trying to make the point of when people rank the greatest wrestlers of all time. It's like, yes, yes, Ric Flair is the greatest in ring wrestler, but everybody knows who Hulk Hogan is. Mm-hmm. And they said, I, I saw an interview one time with, um, what is the guy's name? He's a wrestling historian, Sheldon Goldberg. He's a wrestling historian. No relation to Bill. And he said that they actually did this, This I don't know what it was, these people that were over in Africa as missionaries or something. While they were over there, they did this, this case study, kind of. And they showed people in Africa, you know, your, your, your poorest, out-of-the-way areas of Africa. They showed him a picture of Ronald Reagan, the president of the United States at the time, and they showed them a picture of Hulk Hogan. And not one of them knew who Ronald Reagan was, but 70% of them knew who Hulk Hogan was. <laughs> so, so, you know, what does that yeah. tell you? <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's the thing. It's uh, Pro wrestling isn't just about the in-ring competition. It's mm-hmm. everything else. If it was about the in-ring competition, then, you know, somebody like Dean Malenko would be the biggest star and the Undertaker would be nothing. Right. That right there says itself. The fucking Undertaker. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what pro wrestling is. And that's why, you know, especially now, more than ever, as I get older, I look back and, and yes, there was some god-awful matches with with big stars, especially in WCW, but at the same time, how much of it was the match, or and how much of it was the buildup? Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson didn't fucking hang his hat on the fact that oh he has a sixty minute classic. No, he fucking hung his hat on I'm gonna go in there and knock this guy out in ten seconds. Right, and people bought it because the buildup. Absolutely, absolutely. <sighs> well, did you have any runners up? Um, not, not a runner up. I'm going to, I'm going to state this as (laughs) I feel bad for Baron Corbin. Hmm. Well, I think I've, I've hated his, I've hated his lousy gut since he was in NXT. So I don't feel bad for him. (laughs) It's like all the fucking hatred and heat has come down on him it is it is unfair that they and and it was kind of shitty of them too to blame their shitty booking on that guy (laughs) you know like i guarantee you by this time next year baron corbin's released and that's that's Uh, that's really silly (laughs) it is and it's not so much it's not so much baron corbin that i feel bad for it's a perfect example of somebody of them strapping a shitty gimmick to somebody and then be like well it's his fault he didn't get it over. Like, no. Yeah. No. Like Simon Dean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, but Mike Bucci was a fucking, <laughs> a fucking asshole to begin with, so. Yeah. Mike, I really don't. <laughs> with a last name like Bucci, he had to be. <laughs> well, what we'll do now is we'll take a little break, and when we come back, we'll discuss uh, we'll discuss a few more items from the week. 
Um, actually, when we return after the break, I want to get into um, AEW. Yep. Talk a little bit about that. And we will be back right after this on the Modern Product Edition of the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. Welcome back to the uh, inaugural edition of the Modern Product episodes of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We're going to try to file these weekly, and uh, we just covered our top stories of 2018. We'll move on to 2019. Um, As we speak, I was just reading the results of um, Wrestle Kingdom, and... um, Appears that uh, Kenny Omega lost the IWGP Championship. Yep, Chris Jericho looking like I don't, <laughs> the fuck's going on with him. But anyways, he <laughs> lost the the Intercontinental, and uh, Cody Rhodes lost the United States Championship to Juice Robinson. Yeah. So, what does that mean? Well, I, I think <laughs> I think that might. <laughs> That might mean that, um, well, we'll talk about this here, the uh, the announcement of All Elite Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes and the Bucks have a uh, financial backer, the owner of, what, a basketball team or something? I don't really know a lot about the guy. but Not only do they have a financial backer, but from what I've read, that he's pretty fucking loaded. Yeah. And... <laughs> And really, I think, to be honest, even more than than Anthem with TNA or any of the other, you know, since the Monday Night Wars ended, any of the other rich people that have invested in pro wrestling, it seems like, to me, this is the most serious that it's been. You know, I mean, these, these guys are serious. They, I mean, these, these are guys that... You know, you got Cody, you got the Bucks, you got Kenny Omega. These are guys that have all, on record, everybody knows it, literally turned down sweet deals from the WWE. So if they have turned down the WWE, they are serious about this. Well, you have Cody Rose, who is fucking, it seems that he has his father's mind. Mm Mm-hmm. For the business, and then you have the young bucks who, fucking, when it comes to marketing, they fucking wrote the book on that shit. Yeah. So. They. And uh, the fact. They they, and. They all have a they all have a passion, and and hopefully. You know, you said Cody with his, hopefully Cody doesn't have so much of his dad's mindset that he feels like. 
he needs to book himself on top all the time. I, right. I, I could totally see. I mean, when you start this company, when this company starts up and the first show happens, absolutely, positively, if they're going to crown a heavyweight champion, Cody needs to be the champion. Cause he, it's the same thing with TNA when Jeff Jarrett. Right. You need a guy that you know is going to be there. Mm-hmm. But you can't. I'm just, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, everybody, you know, I love Dusty, you know, I have nothing but right. mad respect for Dusty, but at times Dusty's booking could be a little heavy handed. Well, yeah. I... But the, the potential of this, like, and of course, wrestling is a land of rumors, but some of the rumors are that they are in discussions with Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho, say say you have your first AEW show, and you're thinking like it's the first Nitro, and Chris Jericho walking out on that show could be the equivalent of Lex Luger walking out on the first Nitro. Yep. Um, but... And I've also heard the rumor that even Goldberg might be, really? yes, in discussions with them. And... And this one's a long shot. This one is one of those ones where I say wrestling's a land of rumors. But AJ Styles' contract is up in April. And AJ Styles has said openly to people who are in the know that he is kind of run over by the WWE schedule. Which I can see that. And, you know, you... you, you you get these guys to land a Jericho and a Goldberg and possibly an AJ Styles. And I mean, this is, this is a big deal. And I mean, you can't tell me this didn't all start it all in, you know? No. And like, they're coming up with the what double or nothing. Mm-hmm. I think time will tell. I know that it, I know we've heard his name time and time again. Everyone's like, Oh, he's coming back this year. But Hell, if you could get like an AJ Styles, you could lure away a Shinsuke Nakamura or a Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. Why would you not possibly see that CM Punk could come back? Right. To, I, I to can, this all elite wrestling. I could definitely see CM Punk participating. Even if he doesn't want to work. Even if he doesn't want to wrestle. I mean... I could definitely see a CM Punk participating in some way. Um, and, I mean, another question that I had is, because I don't know, I don't know what you've seen, I know what I've seen. You know, one, one of the things that, and, and again, this, this translates to what we were talking about earlier with Wrestle Kingdom, with Cody losing the U.S. title in New Japan. Is New Japan, or is Ring of Honor, going to be associated with AEW? Now, personally... Personally, if I was Cody and I was the Bucks, I actually would not want this federation to be associated with others. See, from what I've read, now again, this is all internet rumors and speculation. From what I've read on it, is that they want to sign people to exclusive contracts. Right. Which is what they should do. Because I think that this company has the most potential to be a competitor with the WWE. I mean, you know, if they can get television, which I, I think with, with the backer they have and, and the influence that they... And, and they already obviously have a relationship with WGN. 
Yep. Um, but I think that their best bet is not to latch on to ROH or, or New Japan because then you just become another big you you become another part of that glob. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like that glob of wrestling promotions that have been around for the past, you know, 15 years competing against WWE, but not really competing against WWE. Yep. You want to make this the place that people want to go. Right. Right. Like, like with all in. mm Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, if they can get, if they can get, and, and I watch, I watch MLW every week. I really like I really like MLW. I watch it every single week. It's actually the only wrestling show that I watch. MLW and NXT are the only two wrestling shows that I watch from border to border every week without fast-forwarding through everything. I watch the whole show. I watch NXT. I watch MLW. Um, I mean, there's some talent in M- And I hate to say it because I like MLW and I don't want an MLW to get rated particularly but you have talent there like uh i mean the new heart foundation um with teddy hart davy boy smith jr and brian pillman jr you you know you have pentagon jr you have phoenix you have i mean there's so many guys that that they could get a hold of that enough enough wrestling fans hardcore wrestling fans are into that they could really they could really be onto something here I think that again, maybe it's hopeful thinking, but and wishful thinking. But you know, I think if anybody is going to have the chance, this is the best one. This mm-hmm. is the best because, especially with this double or nothing, if they do what they did for All In, if not more, right? If not bigger, it's a sign of things to come. You know, because and quite honestly, you know. Like you said with an AJ Styles, why would he not want to go to a company like that and help start it up? Mm-hmm. See, see where, like with TNA, where it ended and stuff. I mean, you were going to have if they can do this right, you will. I truly believe you will see legends and stuff coming out of the woodworks to help them. Absolutely, because you and, know it's the first chance. Especially, like I said, a. The best example to me is Chris Jericho. And and the reason I say Chris Jericho is because Chris Jericho has always been, since he became a veteran, since he stopped being a young up-and-coming wrestler and became a veteran, is, is Chris Jericho has always been that guy that is pretty much unselfish. Yep. You know, as far as putting over younger talent, uh, putting over fledgling promotions different things like that. I mean, Chris Jericho, you bring in a star of that magnitude who has been a mainstay on WWE television, who has now for the past year been a mainstay in new Japan. You know, I mean, that's, that's a big fucking talent to bring aboard. Um, and he is, I mean, he's, that gives you legitimacy right off the bat. You know, and, and here's the other thing about it too, that you have guys in new Japan, you know, honestly, what else can they do there? Mm-hmm. You know, how long is it before that they come over here like Nakamura did? Right. I mean, you know, 
I my thing is that I think we're going to see a lot of shakeups. I think we're going to see talent, maybe not so much from WWE, but NXT people who are just floundering mm-hmm. head over there. People from impact. There's a lot of great talent on impact. Yeah. And I mean, impact just moved to the, um, Discovery Kids channel or something. I don't know what the yeah, I don't know what the fuck they're on now. It's some ne- move. It's some network I've never heard of that you know only like thirty percent of cable systems get or what. I don't know. How, I, I I mean I don't know. It's twenty nineteen. I thought TNA was out of business like six years ago. I don't know how they're still surviving. God but, bless them. They're still trying. <laughs> yeah, they are. But I mean they. You're right. I mean, what I think, I think, and it's it's sad to say. I mean, maybe not because talent can move over and still have a job, but I think that that all elite wrestling is is coming into existence is essentially the death knell for TNA. Um, oh God! Yeah. I mean, because... TNA hasn't been <laughs> TNA hasn't been number two for at least six years. You know, Ring of Honor, in my mind. It, it, I guess New Japan technically, but I don't. I'm just talking about the American wrestling scene. To me, Ring of Honor has been number two for years. Right. Um, well, and here's the thing, you know. Personally, like with Jeff Hardy and stuff, you're going to finish your career out just floundering in WWE, right? Or do you head over to you know? I, I almost, I, I almost think the Hardys will. I, I think that I think that Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy have a ridiculous loyalty to the WWE. I know they've worked elsewhere, but what I'm saying is, you know, you look back on their past, those two guys, all they ever wanted to be was WWE superstars. And and they have. And yeah, and I think that I think that because the only reasons that either one of them, if you think about it, if you think back to it, the only reasons any either one of those two ever even left WWE was because of their own destructive behavior. They never left WWE because they hated being in WWE. They they got fired and then went and worked elsewhere because they needed work. But every right. time they had the opportunity to come back, they're back. I think those two are going to end their careers there now. Um, but AJ, or like you said, Shinsuke, or, um, who else is somebody that, you know, that, that has, has all that potential, but Finn Balor. Rusev. Rusev. Um, anybody that WWE has fucked around, you know, over the years has, has a potential case to want to go work somewhere else. And, and this seems to be. This seems to be the most viable um, alternative to working for WWE in, I mean, since WCW closed. Exactly, because not only, and that's the biggest thing about it, is that they have the all-in thing backing them up. They prove that they can do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, they already proved they can sell out the arena in Chicago. You know, who's to say that with WWE going to Fox that, you know, CBS isn't like, hey, you know what? We could get fucking All Elite Wrestling. 
Right. Who's to say that, you know, even like the FX or something, somebody that, you know, that's wanting to compete. Mm-hmm. The fucking, uh, oh, what's that? Sh- that does all the DC shows. That's um, popular. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> Damn Yeah. <it>. That one. <laughs> yeah, I know. That one. <laughs> you you guys know that has Supergirl, The Flash, CW. CW, yes. If I was CW and it's like, fuck, I'll throw, you know. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, in today's environment, in today's environment, the way that, I mean, you know, in my household, we don't even have cable. We right. we have the internet and we have streaming services. In today's environment, who's to say AEW on Hulu that isn't a be, thing? You know. You know, like I watch, I watch Raw and SmackDown on Hulu. Hulu has all kind of its own original programming now. Its own movies, its own TV shows. Who's to say a Hulu or, or maybe not, I don't think Netflix would do it. Well, I don't know because they're getting ready to lose, you know, a lot of like their Disney properties and. That's true. That's true. And everything else. I mean, they're going to need content. Um, I. But yeah, I mean, you could even, I mean, in today's, in today's environment, in today's entertainment environment, being a weekly show on a streaming service would not at all be a step down from cable. No. You know, I mean, I, I, again, I don't even have cable. I don't, I don't fuck it. If I watch it, it's on streaming, you know? Yep. I'm the same way. I just, that's really, you know what you're, that's actually the smarter move. It's, you know, why not? That's the future of the way people are going to watch things. <laughs> I watch I watch Raw, SmackDown on Hulu. I watch NXT on the WWE Network, and I watch MLW on um, YouTube. And I subscribe to Honor Club, so I watch Ring of Honor on Honor Club. I watch absolutely none of my wrestling content on actual television. <laughs> and I get everything I want, you know? It's amazing, isn't it? Yes. The fucking and world can, we live and I, in. And that... I can watch it whenever the fuck I want. <laughs> if I want to watch Raw at 1 a.m. on Thursday, that's when I watch Raw. You know? Nate, we've come, we've come a long way. Yes, from we have. We've whatever come... fucking videotapes you we... have. <laughs> or come a long way from uh, me working at a music store going, God, I hope I don't close on Monday. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to watch Raw on the VHS tape and rely on Aaron to record it for me. (laughs) Yeah, I remember a few years ago that me and Aaron worked at the same place. And we were pissed because we had to work over at this certain place. And it was like, God damn it, it's the fucking Raw, the biggest Raw before Mania. Right. We're fucking missing it. And now, fuck it. I just, it's not Monday Night Raw. It's whatever Night Raw. <laughs> yeah. It's, fuck, they don't even have Monday Night in it because they know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I could I could even see that. I mean, I, I think that, and I don't think that at, at, at all would be, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, per, I'd have to look and see what percentages, you know, what percentages of people are like are like me that are, cord cutters and what percentages of people don't have streaming and all that but to me it just seems like i mean mlw is able to to produce a weekly television show every week in high definition 
And their show is available on YouTube. And it's available on the BN Sports YouTube page. So, I mean, obviously it can be done. I mean, you can produce a weekly a weekly wrestling show and not even have to have TV clearance. And we live in a weird world where like with like Twitch and YouTube and stuff where you think about it and I know that, you know, and this is off topic and I apologize to the fans and stuff, but we live in a world where you have people like the, like Markiplier and, uh, what's the other fucking guy? Uh, he's a famous fucking YouTuber, but yeah. basically like they're the, the stars, like they have created their own fan base. Mm-hmm. Where they have millions and millions of subscribers. My twenty-year-old daughter, at the time she was nineteen, paid money to go watch that Mark Plyer guy do some show at some club or whatever, and he was essentially just doing the same shit he does on YouTube. And it's my, like my nephew will. That's all he watches is YouTube. No, my son, too. He he watches Netflix and YouTube. That's what my son does. He watches Netflix and YouTube and plays video games. <laughs> and then he watches people play video games on YouTube. <laughs> Which, you know, and it's, I mean, good for them. They're making money. They're, you know, mm-hmm. they found another avenue to, you know. But it's, it, you're right. We live in the age now where it's not. It's not impossible for somebody to make it without being, you know, on TV and stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, my God, look at like uh, pro wrestling gorilla, right? I mean, yeah, shit. (laughs) Hell, they don't even put. I mean, they put clips on YouTube, but they make most of their revenue through ticket sales, and then they sell the DVDs of their events. Yep. So, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. I haven't heard anything about what kind of uh, broadcast deal AEW has, but I think they have enough steam where you know just to get started. If they just wanted to get started, they could just launch a fucking YouTube page, and people would go and watch it. Oh, and then and then you build that audience, and then just say, oh hey, next week our product's moving to Hulu, and then now you're getting paid by Hulu to have your product. You know, so. I mean, anything's Hulu. You have Amazon Prime. You have all this fucking content. Mm-hmm. That, and and these guys, you know, these guys have shown with the with the um, um, being the elite program that they know how to funnel their talents into many different media platforms, and that that's a good idea too. You know. Have, have have something on YouTube and then go, hey, go check out our Twitch for the next layer of the story or, or whatever, you know, just get people hooked and get them, get them through all your avenues of media. This could be huge. And I think this is going to, 2019 is going to be 1997 and 1998. I really think that because you have so much going on. You have all elite wrestling coming up. You have WWE moving to Fox. You have, I mean, IWGP still chugging along. There's so much going on. This is one. Of, this is going to be, I think, personally, one of the most exciting years in in decades in pro wrestling. I think you're right. I think that you know, 
I think we can chalk up the last couple of years to building phases, yeah. building, you know. The last couple of years, folks, have been <laughs> what what Kyle and I lived through in 19 and 95. <laughs> well, yeah, and, you know. Everything's, like, wrestling's cyclical. That's, I mean, that's how it works. We're, we're loyal to it, you know. You have the kids that watched John Cena three years ago who are growing up now who are going to probably want to watch, you know, all elite. They're going to, we are on that cusp. I truly, truly believe that. I agree with you, Nate. I think we are there. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be fucking, it's going to explode. And now what it is all about, you know, okay. Uh, You know, you set the, you set the table Cody and the Bucks got their deal. They got their backer. They've, they're starting a wrestling promotion. Um, IWGP is still, like you said, I mean, you know, look at the Tokyo Dome. Look at look at Wrestle Kingdom. Look at the, the, the electricity they have. WWE is going to be moving product to network television, a, a weekly network television show, something they've always wanted. So now everything... Just like it did in 97 and 98. Everything is all hinging on the creative and the product that we see and the product that we're given. You know, because you can have all the TV deals, all the financial backers, everything you want. But if the creative sucks, it's not going to happen. And that's why I think AEW is going to be good for the business because I think that they may actually be able to get that bite in the ass that WCW gave to WWE, and we may see some creative juices flowing. Oh, absolutely. Because if you're going to sit here and tell me for one minute that Triple H wants to be outdone by Cody Rhodes? Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, you know, that... I I feel to me that I am fucking revitalized in my love for pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, I think... I think everything is on the cusp of being great. I think that, I hate to say this, and I could be completely wrong. I think that what, I think that the really exciting shit is going to pick up in the latter half of the year. I actually think WrestleMania is going to be a dud this year. Really? Yes. I think. I think it might be a sleeper. I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see, remember WrestleMania 29? (laughs) (laughs) I think this year is a WrestleMania 29 kind of year, but I think next year is a WrestleMania 14 kind of year. Because I think that right now, probably, they feel very safe right now, WWE. But I think by the end of the year with, again, pressure from Fox to put on fantastic programming every week because it's not – again, it's not like dealing with USA. The, 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 the new promotion coming up at their heels, no matter what happens, you know, it's still there. It's still biting at their heels. I think in the back half of the year you're going to see – you're going to see them really put their best foot forward and but I do I just I don't know why but I just have this feeling in my mind that the mania season is going to be kind of a dud this year. Well, we'll know here 
shortly in a couple weeks because mm-hmm. we got the Royal Rumble coming up. See, si, senor. <laughs> mm, I'm excited. Um, I I can't call anything. No, yeah, I have absolutely no fucking idea what's going to happen to the Royal Rumble. And that's, and that's what's kind of cool, but also scary. Because there's <laughs> like, and it's crazy with the news going around because it's like, well, on one hand, okay, it's going to be Lesnar and Seth Rollins. That's like, but then on the other hand, it's like, well, Lesnar might not even be working WrestleMania because he might be training for a UFC fight. So there's so much going on up in the air, even as far as the WrestleMania main event. That, cause, I mean, I think, honestly, I think they're going to let the women main event this year. And they should. Um, I think it'll be Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. I would prefer just that one-on-one match. I don't want, I, no disrespect to Charlotte, but I just, I don't want a triple threat match with that. Well, I, I, want, those, I want yeah, Ronda and Charlotte Becky. got to end Oscar's streak. And Charlotte and already Charlotte already had her time with Ronda. And Charlotte was the first new women's champion. Right. So fucking, you know, I think you're right. It needs to be Ronda versus Becky one-on-one in the main event. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> if, it, if it is Seth and Lesnar, I think Seth goes over. Um... But I don't rule out, I really honestly, at this point in the game, I don't rule out, just because of what I hear about Lesnar's training schedule and all this shit, I don't rule out Braun Strowman winning the title at Rumble, and I don't rule out John Cena winning the Royal Rumble. Right. You know, that's like you said, I mean, I don't fucking know, and I like that. I like not knowing. Well, and Cena still has that thing with Taker mm-hmm. where from last year. And so, like I said, everything's up in the air. That's why I say, I don't, I can see where it could be a, a dud, but it might just be a sleeper. And I hope you're right. <laughs> Cause you, you know, know I, I do. I hope you're, I always hope it's, you know what I mean? And, I always hope honestly, it's good. If they're smart, they'll put Ronda versus Becky on last because after eight fucking hours, that is the only thing that's going to waken <laughs> that fucking crowd back up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, WrestleMania Sunday starts on Saturday nowadays. Yes, it does. <laughs> oh, God. I think, uh, yeah, I mean... I think you're. I think you're probably right about because, like we were talking about, what a couple podcasts ago about uh, Cena and Undertaker continuing that from last year because it was just so weird. You know, yeah. it, it needs a conclusion. So you might be right. I mean, that may be where Cena's going for Mania, um, but I just and then, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I still think Batista is a possibility for WrestleMania. It, even if Triple H can't wrestle, I they they're gonna work Batista in there somehow. I mean, you may have Batista versus Daniel Bryan, which I think is fucking money. You know, a heel Daniel Bryan versus a babyface Batista because people have accepted this heel Daniel Bryan. Or you might have Seth Rollins versus Batista mm-hmm. because you had Triple H come out and say, "Where's that old Seth Rollins?" You know what sucks? We just brought Batista up, and you know what I just thought of. I just thought of Vince McMahon at the creative meeting going, Hunter, I've got our main event for WrestleMania. 
and Hunter going, what is it, Dad? God. <laughs> and Vince going, we got the animal, Batista, against Braun Strowman. <laughs> It'll be epic. Oh, and fuck. then somebody gives Vince's sedative, and he finally goes to sleep after 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, and that's what's so cool. And that's what excites me about WrestleMania this year is that, especially with Hunter being hurt and stuff, the fuck's going to happen? Yeah. It's going mean, be... to make the Rumble fun. Whether the event itself winds up being a dud or not, hopefully I'm wrong. The road to get there, I think, is going to be fun this year because, like you said, I have absolutely, you know, some years you go into, like, even WrestleMania 14, you know, with the rise of Austin, you went into WrestleMania knowing Steve Austin was going to walk out of that show, the champion. Yep. You knew Steve Austin in 98 was going to win that Royal Rumble. There was no question about it. But this year is one of those years where I don't know who's going to win the Rumble. I don't know who's main event in WrestleMania. I, I mean, I know, I, I'm pretty sure that this is going to be the first year that they do a main event of women at WrestleMania just because they've done so many, over the past, like, 16 months, they've done so many, this is the first ever this for the women. This is the first ever this for the women. I think that's what this has been building to, is the first ever main event for the women at WrestleMania. And that's a given, and that's cool. Fuck it. Yes, do it. I'm cool with it. As long as Becky Lynch is in it. (laughs) If Becky Lynch isn't in it, then fuck you, WWE. You're you're idiots. But um, it's it's definitely going to be a fun ride. Right. I have a feeling that whether they fucking accidentally got themselves into it or not, the fact is that everybody wants to see Ronda versus Becky mm-hmm. because you're supposed to get it and you didn't. Right. Exactly. I, if they're smart, they'll hold off. And I'm actually glad. I, I'm not glad Becky got hurt, but I'm glad that match didn't get to happen at WrestleMania or at the Survivor Series because from the minute Becky started getting her wave of popularity. I wanted that them to save that for WrestleMania. When they announced it for Survivor Series, I was disappointed. I was like, well, there you go. WWE hot shot and shit again. And then they had to take it off the table, and I was actually happy about that. Maybe maybe they're fucking... They, they go, oh, <laughs> if we let something fucking breathe and build... Yeah, what about what that? What can happen... <laughs> How about it? As, how about that? As, as Pete Rose said at WrestleMania 14, how about it? Oh, shit. Well, is, well, there, is there anything else? I The one thing I want to end on is the fuck is going on with Enzo Amore? <laughs> have you seen this shit lately? I have. The fuck? Enzo, Enzo Amore is a fucking train wreck. <laughs> God damn it. And then Big Cass is having seizures at indie events. Jesus. These two guys are like the fucking Louis Spicoli of 2018. <laughs> what? Like, so you're going to show up outside of fucking the arenas and, and fucking put a hoodie on and go to the fucking event? This guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> and expect to get your job back? Uh, 
<sighs> He's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so there it is in the books, the successful first edition of the We Can't Wrestle Modern Product episodes. And we again, we will start doing these every week. Um, they may or may not be on the same days considering our our real life work schedules we do this as a labor of love ladies and gentlemen believe me um um i kyle doesn't make any money to do this and i lose money to do this so <laughs> we <laughs> this is uh this is a labor of love this podcast so you take them when you get them motherfuckers but we, right. we, and, we I, and i truly think that we're going to we especially with this modern product does not go fucking beat by beat for monday night raw and smackdown and anything else oh, because no. fuck you've, you've watched it there's well, many other and, podcasts that do it yes exactly there's so many other podcasts that are like segment one was segment two was we're just going to talk about what um what you want to talk about you know what's um the topics not necessarily you know, like Kyle said, we're not going to run down Monday Night Raw. We may talk about a segment from Raw or a segment from SmackDown or a development from, you know, Ring of Honor or something like that. But no format, no any shit like that. And um, I think it's going to be a good thing. Absolutely. We want you guys to be able we, to sit down, but, crack a beer, and act, be like you're talking to your buddies. The main goal... As far as scheduling goes for this, is we will be recording, and I haven't even told Kyle this, so, <laughs> but I think we will be recording every week. It'll be the recording sometime after Wednesday, because if you if you get through Wednesday, then you get through Raw, you get through SmackDown, you get through NXT, and you get through Ring of Honor. Yep. So, um, so yeah, probably any time between. Uh, between Wednesday and Friday to Saturday of each week, we will be recording. Probably the episode will release at the latest on Sundays. And then, of course, we will have the regular edition, the classic wrestling editions of the We Can't Wrestle podcast as well, which we are going to do one of those. That'll be back next week. Um, had some scheduling conflicts this week, but that'll be back next week. And I think that's just going to be a freeform show next week. So what I do want to do... And Aaron doesn't know this yet. We'll get with him and let him know. But what I would like to do this year for at least uh, four weeks of the show. Aaron's going to love two of them, by the way. <laughs> but I would like to do um, you, me, and him all come up with for one week. Like we'll do our top ten wrestlers of the 80s. <laughs> then top ten wrestlers of the 90s. Top 10 wrestlers of the 2000s and top 10 wrestlers of the 2010s. I like that. So I think we will do that. Um, but other than that, like I said, next week's show, I think it's just going to be a free-form show. And we'll just, we'll talk about whatever comes up. But Kyle, go ahead and uh, say your adios to our listeners for this week's show. For all you guys listening, if there is something that goes down, rumor or something on Raw, SmackDown, NXT... New Japan, whatever it is. If you guys have something you want us to talk about, please send us an email. Yes, it is we can't wrestle at gmail.com. And we will definitely talk about it here on the show. You know, or you can reach out to us. You can also hit us up on 
the We Can't Wrestle Facebook page, and uh, if you message the We Can't, I, I, usually if I if I if I interact with listeners, most people email me. But um, if you do message us on the We Can't Wrestle uh, Facebook page, I generally respond within 24 hours, depending on the work schedule, the real life work schedule. So, but if there's a, and that's you, quicker than what Aaron will respond to us. So <laughs> yes, and Aaron will just be like, "Fuck you! I hate the modern product." <laughs> Aaron will be like, uh, you'll ask him a question about uh, this week's Monday Night Raw, and he'll be like, you know. Didn't watch it. Yeah, didn't watch it. Didn't watch it. <laughs> uh, Fuck Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. But, well, time to sign off. We will see you good all. Good night, everybody. We will see you all next week. Have a wonderful weekend. And thank you for joining us on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hasta la vista, motherfucker.